Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bar Podcast. It's your boy, Jay Reed, and I am in the studio with PM. Yo, what's up, everybody? And Jesse. What's going on, guys? And today we have a super special guest. I don't know if you all have are tuning in for the first time or if you're a recurring listener, but a couple episodes back, we had an incredible talk about sonship with Pastor Ontario Green. So we have him in the studio with us. Last time he called in, so we decided to fly him in just to have him on the podcast. Come on. on. <laughs> How you doing? Bars. Today? Bars. <laughs> Let's go. Pastor Ontario, you feeling good today? Bars. Can you sing for us maybe a little bit? B- bars. <laughs> and then when you uh, bars. Somebody bust a beat. I feel like, I feel like freestyling. You feel like freestyling? I feel like freestyling. Let's this might it. be two episodes in a row yep. that we have. Hey, come on. Can we find a beat? Can we get a beat? We I mean, find a beat. Brad Jeezy did it a cappella, though. Jeezy. Brad, no, Brad, I'm not, I'm it not, also I'm wasn't a freestyle though. Yeah. I that heard through the grapevine it was written. Oh yeah. Oh, that, see? that that was probably off yeah. the mixtape. See, that's the se- that's the secret to success. If you can make accidents appear that they were rehearsed, then you're amazing. Hey, Absolutely. come on, period. Absolutely, that's how everybody does it. <laughs> Absolutely, <Everything is> scripted. <laughs> Listen, even Jesus' life was scripted. Hello, somebody. Come on, that's a word. <laughs> the word became flesh. All right, so Pastor Ontario Green, if you if you hadn't listened to the the podcast or or if you've lived under a rock for the last four years, <laughs> <laughs> is the young adults pastor at the Potter's House Dallas, and he is going to bring a word to. He brought a word, a crazy word last night at One Life. Yeah, yeah. And um, tonight he's gonna be he's gonna be speaking at, at our at our quarterly bar event. Yeah. And um, today. I really want to talk to you about millennials. Uh, well, we all want to talk to you mm. about just millennials yep. and, and your perspective and, and the intersection of the millennials in the church. So just uh, I'm going to just toss it to you just to let you talk for a little bit, and then we'll, we'll pick up some questions as, as you just go. Let's do it. That's good. Listen, I'm excited to be here. I think, um, I think number one, I just think Manny and Tia Arango are the greatest youth pastors in the world. Amen. Uh, Amen. I'm bragging on these guys around the country. I'm texting my friends, letting them know I'm on my way to go speak for one of the greatest youth pastors in in America. So this dude is a preaching machine. He's a leadership machine. Uh, he is the one stop shop. He's like the Walmart of preaching. He's amazing. So I'm I'm just honored. <laughs> You're far too kind. You are I'm, far I'm too just kind. I'm just honored to be on his podcast, dude. Whatever, and, and be here just to be hanging out and to be physically here. We're You're actually Christian good famous. friends. So stop it. My my boss is famous, <laughs> uh, but we're actually good friends. So this is these types of conversations. You just get to eavesdrop in today on on people talking that have been friends for years now. Yeah, yeah. That's funny because how long have we known each other? I, I, we were doing the math. I think it's nine to ten years. Nine to ten years. We've known oh, wow. each other for a long time. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that sometimes when people see friendship and friends, and especially if people have platforms, they they may assume, oh, that person may be friends with an ulterior motive. You know what I mean? But I think that it's cool that we were friends before you were at the Potter's house. And you just never know who people are going to be. You never know where people are going to wind up. That's right. And you need to be nice to Everybody. everybody listen everybody. I, was, I was telling my son he's 14 i was telling him this the other day i said son be nice to everyone because all it takes is one person to be mean to that can change everything about your life Absolutely. that could be the person that's going to push the button on you getting a scholarship that could yeah. be anybody that's going to decide your salary i mean it could be anyone you never know who people are going to be in life 
So it's smart to be nice to everyone. Yeah. And here's the deal. I want to give a shout out to Jesse and Justin who are who are in the room and on the podcast team. Because even yesterday as we're talking about millennials, and I really want to talk about some of the challenges of leading millennials and then some of the advantages of leading millennials. Uh, we were talking about just turnover. That sometimes with millennial leaders, they're more invested. And I love how you said this. In me versus the. Yes. Right, that the that the real interest is in self, and man, these two guys have been serving at One Life for three years plus. Amazing, you know, consistent serving. Like I don't care what you tell me to do or ask me to do, I'm just gonna kind of get it done. And we Amen. were talking about that yesterday. Do you feel like, man, it was almost like with our parents' generation, with our grandparents' generation, you were faithful and consistent just because. Mm. You just honored your word. You yeah. just, you know, For whereas sure. sometimes with leaders nowadays, I'm with you to the end. I'm, oh my God, I love this. Until the, best. the end of the sentence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. You can count on me. Mm-hmm. You know, oh my gosh, I love this church. Mm-hmm. This is the best church I've ever gone to. Right. Oh my God, I love Brickhouse. You're <laughs> the best young adult <laughs> pastor <laughs> ever. Yes. Yes. I feel called to something different. You know, I feel like my season is 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 shifting. You know, speak on that. What like so, what's going on? So let let me just give a different perspective um, altogether. I think that when you lead millennials, um, when you're pastoring millennials, when you're leading, um, when you have millennials on your team, uh, all of us need to see millennials as uh, transit moving people. I, I like to see millennials as um, the uh the subway the subway trains that come on come and go they're going to always be moving on the tracks and they're going to be where you need them to be when you need them but they're going to always be moving yeah yeah yeah. um millennials are in in a phase of life for the for right now where the millennials are as far as the age range is concerned they're in a phase of life where they're trying to find themselves they're trying to find their value they're trying to find what they do. They're trying to figure out their giftings and their talents. Yeah. They're trying to figure out what their career paths are going to be. They're trying to figure out what type of education they need to have. They're trying to figure out who they're going to marry, who they're going to date. Yeah. Um, all those things are so important and become paramount in their lives to the point to where their decisions will be based on those those things. Wow. So I think for, for a leader or a pastor, the first thing that we need to understand is that uh, we can't we can't hold on to millennials because they were made to transition in the place of life that they're in right now. Yeah. They're in a transitional state of life. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think that's really important for people to understand, uh, you know, that they're just in a place in life where things are going to constantly change. Yeah. I have many millennials right now that are part of our young adult ministry that have transitioned from being single to being married. Wow. wow. Yeah. Let me tell you, we have an anointing. At our young adult ministry to see people get married. That's awesome. That's I phenomenal. think we're working on like marriage number seven, six, or something crazy oh, like that. Wow. Now I got a marriage to perform uh, next month. I've I've been in a few others. We've got other folks that just got engaged yeah. on my leadership team. There's an anointing that's on our young adult ministry. So if you looking for your cutie booty, hello somebody. <laughs> Brick house might be the place you need to come because the Lord just might have somebody for you there uh, for a <laughs> lifetime. Come on, somebody. Uh, but. But so when they transition into becoming married, married people, yeah. okay, the focus in life changes. Yeah. Um, they don't have as much time anymore to fully commit to serving on the level that they did once before they said I do. Yeah, yeah. Even the buildup to marriage 
uh, takes away the time. Yeah. Um, because they're trying to figure out how to shift their lives into a place where now their time and commitment can be towards their spouse. Yeah. And that's sure. what we want. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I tell my young adults who do get married, who are in leadership, dude, I don't want to see you for three months. Wow. Yeah. I don't want to see you for three months. Go love your wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go love your husband. Don't. I don't want to see you. If I see you here serving, I'm sending you home. Yeah. Because your marriage should be number one priority. It's called a sex sabbatical. Six. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's what we call it. A sex sabbatical. Yep. <laughs> I gotta use that. That's really good. You can have that one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's it's beyond sex too. You know, when you get married, there's no, a it's lot not. of no. It's not. No. Says the youth pastor. I had to. Jesus, help us. There's so many things that are in transition when you say I do from where you put your clothes at now to uh, how often are we washing to what are we going to eat to whose refrigerator we're going to keep to, you know what I mean? Yeah. How long are we going to wait until we have kids? Yeah. Uh, So these things become priority. So we got to remember with millennials that life is happening and it's happening at the speed of light for them. So sometimes uh, it's not necessarily them pulling away because they, you know, they just lack the ability to be committed. Sometimes they're moving because life is moving. Wow. So they got to move when life moves. Yeah. Yeah. That is huge. It really is. Uh, We were, uh, we were having breakfast, I think yesterday or today. And you said something. (laughs) It feels like yesterday. I know, right? It's like whenever it was, you know, um, you said something that I, I just loved it. You were you were saying, you know, someone on the team kind of transitioned. And, you know, as pastors, you, we really love people. You know what I mean? And, and when people come into our ministry or start serving, you know, it's not like we're pretending to love them. No. Right? I really love Jesse. I really love Justin. Like these, you know, they, they become people yeah. that you are invested in. You know, I think that even when the disciples say in, in First John, he says, oh, my God, he he died for his friends. Mm. Jesus died for these men that were that became his friends. That's right? right. That part of ministry, and obviously as leaders, we have boundaries, right? Yeah. We're not just, you know, we're not peers, we're, but I'm still the leader, but there's just bonds that begin to form. And I think you were sharing someone had moved on, they had transitioned, and at first you were kind of hurt. And then the Lord revealed to you that it was actually your ministry that, gave them what they needed to be able to transition. That's and right. I, you said it so eloquently. I just want you to kind of share that with the podcast. So sometimes um, you have to start looking at transition differently. Otherwise, you'll grow bitter doing ministry wow. with millennials. Wow. Um, if you don't change the way you see it. So what God has been challenging me to do is Ontario, they're not leaving because you did something bad as a leader. Some people are leaving because the ministry that you poured into them produced wings that gave them the ability to fly to their next assignment. Wow. Wow. So so we're here to equip them ultimately. See, this is this is, you know, one waters, one plants, but it's God who gives the increase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pastoring millennials, you're going to have to get used to seeing them come and go and trust that the deposit that you made at some point is going to reap a harvest. Yeah. And yeah. it may not reap a harvest now. It's just like being a youth pastor too. Yeah. You may not hear from the kid when they're a teenager. Ooh. Thank you. But let me tell you something. Yeah. That day 
that you see that you see them graduate and then they go on to get married and they start having kids and they come back and say, Pastor Green, I remember when you taught the lesson on such and such. Yeah, I yeah. teach my kids that now. Yeah. Then you tear up and get all teary eyed and emotional because you realize that the seed that you planted actually grew into something. Yeah. So we have to be patient as leaders, as pastors that pastor over millennials and realize that God is going to give the increase in his in his timing. Yeah. So that's one side of the spectrum. Okay. Yeah. That's that's one side. Let's go back to the other side that um that that the part about millennials and the lack of commitment. Okay. Okay. Because there is there is that that we're dealing with as yeah. well. I believe we're dealing with with uh, huh, as I talked about last night. I think we're dealing with a generation that missed the ceremony. Okay, mm. a generation that missed the the ceremony that David missed the ceremony. Yeah, he wasn't there when his brothers were consecrated. He missed the consecration. Yeah, so David wasn't church. He wasn't religious. He didn't come in looking like the other ones. He was yeah. different. Yeah, so therefore he didn't know all the formalities of the ceremony that was going on. Yeah. So we're dealing with a generation that doesn't know all the formalities of church that we've learned from the boomers and from the Gen Xers. We're dealing with millennials who their parents, this is the first generation of parents who didn't force their kids to go to school or church. Sorry. You're going to school, but church (laughs) is optional. If you got, if you got practice, then, you know, we got to go to practice, maybe not church this week. Yeah. You know, uh, it was it's that generation that we're pastoring You're as millennials. Right. You're right. Uh, they say the average family attends church now twice a month. Wow. That's George Barna's latest statistics. Wow. Twice a month is what you're going to get out of an average family coming to church now. Wow. Hmm. So we're the. The, there's a shift happening in the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah. And everybody is doing something slightly different than the previous generation did. Yeah. And. So, so, so the mindset is so transitional when it comes to what I do. Yeah. Another thing that I'm running into when it comes to millennials is they have their own passions and their own desires and their own dreams. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're dealing with a generation of Joseph's. They all have great, big, boisterous dreams yeah. of being yeah. large and in charge. <laughs> yeah. Every, yeah. I, I haven't met a millennial yet that didn't want to be a boss. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're a generation of leaders. Yes. We listen, we were yeah. trained from the womb to be leaders. Like, listen, you don't, you don't follow nobody. You don't get in the back. You, you go to the front. I mean, as a kid, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You, you walk in with your parents in the mall, get in the front, son, men lead from the front. You know, we're told to lead yeah. all of our lives because yeah. our parents are, oh, this is so good. So, uh, so there's a generation, there's a generation that once followed and they were told to do everything that they had to do. Yeah. And now there is a liberty and a freedom that has been given to uh, the baby boomer generation of enterprise, of the American dream, yeah. of go and get it and pursue it. And that that spirit has been infiltrated or imparted into the millennials that have been raised. So that's what they've been raised on is go get it. Go do it. Go own it. Have your own. Do your own thing. So when we expect them to come in our churches and think that they that they were a part of the ceremony or a part of our upbringing, like you and I, you know, we have spiritual fathers who taught us the traditional way of how to do leadership. You 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 serve, you serve, you serve, you serve, you serve. and and you just keep your head down, and eventually somebody's gonna see you serving. And, hey, that guy's doing a great job. 
that's not the case anymore for a lot of the millennials. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the millennials, they will leave you in six months if you don't do something with them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wait, There's so many things going on in my head. It's okay? <laughs> a couple of things. I want to get Jesse involved in the conversation because here's, and Jesse may not even know this conversation ever happened, but I remember when Jesse first started coming around, okay? Jesse started coming around probably in 2014. 14, yeah. So three mm. years ago, right? Jesse started coming around. And we noticed Jesse because he's white, okay? okay he's not, uh, you he's don't hard, say. He's not hard to miss at World Overcomers, you know? <laughs> Jesse walked in and literally everybody at the church went, well, who's that, you know? So Jesse starts coming around and, and, and he's dating Sarah, who's now he's married to. And I remember me and Reese – um, one of the guys that used to be on staff here at World Overcomers, we had a conversation about Jesse, you know? So, of course, Jesse comes to the church. I had a conversation with him right off the bat. Oh, my God, man. So excited you're here. Let's go have dinner. You know, let's hang out. Reese, you know, another guy on staff. Hey, man, let's hang out. Let's get you plugged in. And I remember me and Reese kind of both had hung out with Jesse. And then we kind of cuddled back. I was like, wait, how did it go with you? Well, he said this and this and this. Well, how'd it go with you, right? Because, you know, this is a new person at the church. Yeah. We're all trying to feel him out, right? Yeah. So I remember Reese said to me, hey, man, he wants to do fashion. He mm. wants to do fashion. Jesse wants to do fashion, which means he's not going to stick around long, right? Because Durham, North Carolina is just not the fashion mecca <laughs> sure. of any coast <laughs> right uh, not the east coast not the west coast right this guy's gonna either go to new york or he's gonna go somewhere yeah. you know yeah he's gonna go somewhere and he said unless you can get him connected right unless you can get him so relationally invested that he realizes oh my god i i i i would lose something if i left mm -hmm. and went to pursue something else somewhere else right and so Dude, do you? Here's the funny thing: is you probably don't know that that conversation ever happened no, between not. me and Reese. And what? Because when you, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember this. When you first arrived, mm -hmm. I don't think you had long-term plans of living in North Carolina. No, you didn't. No. And and so what changed? Wow. Um, I was I was in a new season of my life where I really valued the advice of those that I admired. Right. Um, that I think I've always admired people that were successful in their area, but, um, there was something about you and Reese. I didn't necessarily, and I don't want this to sound like an insult, but I didn't necessarily equate that you guys were successful. Mm -hmm. You were just people that I respected. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so I many is very successful. Just so you know, <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. And Jesse, how old are you right now? I'm 25 now. So you were 22 at the time, 22 at the time. Mm. Yep. Um, and so I remember your willingness and Reese's willingness to sit down with me on a weekly basis. You and I mm. had set up a time to have coffee. Yeah. I think every Monday. Tuesdays, Tuesdays at like seven. We, like well, that. we started on Mondays because I, I have a note book in my phone. It says Monday conversations from the notes from our, yeah. our conversations. Wow. And then I think I'd set up times with Reese for like Thursdays or something like yeah. that. Like once a month. And so... I didn't necessarily equate you as successful, but I equated you as important as in our church. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And and you had more, quote unquote, more important things to do in my mind. But I thought, why not take a shot? You know, why not shoot my shot 2015 <laughs> <laughs> and see and see if these guys 
are willing to sit down and hang out with me and give me advice. You were both married. It was that was a, a goal of mine at the time, right? You guys were both in ministry. As a as a as a student in my youth group, I'd once thought I'll be in ministry one day, right? Yeah. Um, and so your willingness to sit down with me and and be genuine about the time that you spent with me and really pour into me really made me feel like, oh no, these guys care. And if and if these guys care, that must mean the people that lead them care, right? Mm. And so that you guys were the first like positive interaction or positive thought that I had about Pastor Andy. I hadn't wow. really had thoughts otherwise wow. about him, you know what I mean? But did you hear that? He formed an opinion of your senior leader based on his experience with you as a staff member. Yeah. yeah. People that are listening, you need to hear that. That is a big deal. He just said that he's here today because of how Manny Arango and other people on staff valued him and treated him like he was someone and made time for him. And because of that, not only did he stay at the church, but he also gained respect for a leader, the senior pastor who he hadn't even spent time with yet. Yeah. That's incredible. Huge. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's 100% true. And the funny thing is like when I first started coming to, um, you know, the church, I would, and, and I was, uh, uh, I was a born again Christian as my wife would like to say, I was a baby Christian. <laughs> and, uh, mm. but of course that's when you're like the most on fire, sometimes annoying as well. But I would, <laughs> I would talk to everybody about world overcomers. Right. Yeah, I would just I tell it. people that's where I go, you know? And I remember like people specifically saying to me, I'm never going to that church again. The, the, pastors are greedy and stuff like that. And I would ask him like, now do you have, now have you, what, why do you feel like that? But I would also say, now that, that can't be true that, mm. because, because I know Manny and I know Reese and I, you know, and I yeah. met Tia and, and other people on staff. And I'm just like, the, you don't produce this amount of good people <laughs> and not be a good person yourself. Yeah. That's good. Right. And so, um, which now at this point has, made me realize number one that if i'm going to be a leader i need to produce people that are going to you know be a positive reflection of me but anytime i go anywhere you sent me to an event on last thursday with a bunch of youth pastors and my number one goal was i need to represent pastor manny arango and andy thompson the best that i can yeah. because i'm here representing wcc i'm not here representing myself yeah mm. right and so through you guys i learned that um, which was a huge lesson for me. Um, so, yeah, I would say, obviously, the, the genuine care that you guys had to build a relationship with me, not just find me out, figure me out, you know, but to continue having meetings with me. I mean, God, we probably met on a consistent basis for three, four months. Yeah. So you, 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 you're pushing me to something that I like to teach. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, if you guys haven't heard, I have a coaching program. It's called, it's called uh, the platoon. It's on my website, mm -hmm. ontariogreen.com. Go there and find information about it. But in my platoon, something I'm teaching, uh, our young adults, uh, our young adult pastors and leaders that are part of the program is what I call the three C's. Okay. There are three C's that millennials value over everything. Most of the time we want to get them one C, which is Christ. Mm -hmm. And we want them to connect to the church. So we try to give them Christ and church, Christ and church. But the truth of the matter is, is what they really value is connection, hmm. community, and concern. Yeah, for wow. sure. If we hit, if we hit millennials with, 
with connecting them with someone in our church. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be the senior leader because some of us go to major big churches where there's so much to do and you just can't spread yourself that thin to be able to spend time with everyone. Well, raise up people who can spend time with people yeah, and make sure yeah. that they connect with someone who can really uh, imitate your heart and your pastor's heart to them yeah, as they spend yeah. time with them. So you have the level of connection. Um, it is it is statistically proven that if there is someone that you connect with when you when you go to a church, you're more like you're more likely to come back to the church of because course. you want to see that person you connect. For sure. With. Of yeah. course. So yeah. connection community, which is small groups. I think that's mm-hmm. what you do. Uh, some sense of us spending quality time together. It doesn't necessarily have to be small groups. It could just be hanging out. We have something at the end of our young adult services mm-hmm. called. Uh, the after party. Yeah. So we go out and uh, we, we go, Oh, it's brick after dark. I'm sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like an after party though. Brick after dark. We go, yeah. we take over a restaurant. That's where the husband and wife. That's where the hookup happens. That's where the hookup. That's what see, I'm telling you. That's where the Holy, that's what, that's where the Holy ghost hookup. <laughs> that's why happens. the anointing right is on yes. your young adult ministry. Yes. Right that's why yes. seven, Won't he do it? Seven couples getting married. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Brick so, after dark. so the brick after dark gives us a platform for community to be built and connection to happen too. Yeah. Yeah. And then the third piece is concern. I think for every leader that's listening, that's on the bar. Now you need to make sure that when you do spend time with any level of millennials, whether it's a leader, whether it's someone who's visiting your church, show genuine concern and give them your undivided attention when they're in your space. Wow. Millennials are so used to people being so spacey because we're spacey. Like we'll talk and we'll mess with the phone. We'll talk and we'll have a conversation at the same time. Yeah. We'll talk and our eyes will drift and we'll look in other places. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you guys how important it is to give your undivided attention wow. so that the person that's in front of you. I mean, I'm going to tell you, millennials are some of the most discerning people you will ever meet mm. in your wow. life. Because wow. this is the Google generation. Google generation processes information faster. Yeah. They can pick up on people fast. They know real when they see real. Yeah. So yeah, they know if you really sure. are concerned about them. They're not like the previous generation as they had scratching their head. I wonder if pastor really. No, they going to sum you up in one conversation yeah. and they're never wow. coming back. Wow. Or they're going to come and stay. We're decisive. Yeah. They're decisive. Yeah. Quick, decisive. too. We will yeah, move. Yeah. We will make a decision fast. We don't mull over it. If we feel a certain way, we're sticking with it. <laughs> that's real. Wow. Yeah. So that's something to think about. <clears throat> Whew. And, and so so you said the words lack of commitment, right, which kind of even started the whole the whole podcast, you know, commitment. And it made me think of, you know, is it a is it a lack of commitment or is it a fear of commitment? Do we have when it comes to committing to organizations, right, or committing to people, because even statistics are showing that we're not getting married as as much as boomers. Ex, we're just not. We're just not right. Mm-hmm. We're just like, mm-mm. <laughs> just being pushed back further and further. You know, and and what what is it about commitment that you think is is hard for us because we are decisive. So it's not like we're indecisive. It's not like the commit the lack of commitment is a result of this indecisiveness. But there seems to be in us a because I sometimes I'm dealing with guys who are. 25, 26, 27, mm-hmm. 28, 29, 30. And I'm like, are you thinking about getting married? And they yeah. look at me like, marriage? Yeah. 
I'm not doing that anytime soon. I'm like, what, what, wait, what, what, what's going on? You know, you, you, you know what bring what what will bring a dream into reality? Tell me, time, and a, a and a date. Yeah. That, that that I've put on the calendar that says by this time I need mm. to be X Y and Z. Okay. I I honestly think that millennials are not afraid of commitment. I don't think that they have a commitment issue. I think that they need to see they need to see an end in sight with what we do in ministry. Wow. So, so okay. They they mm. need they need it they need an expiration date. Okay. They need a date to say so if we're gonna do discipleship. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to start discipleship next year. I'm I'm kicking it back up. Yeah. And I have to do it differently. I can't just say come to discipleship every Tuesday. We have to have a certain time frame for a certain subject to be dealt with in mm. in discipleship. Wow. Yeah. So we're going to deal with purity for the next uh four discipleship classes. Make sure you get all four installments. So there's a end date in mind. There's there's a okay. All right, I'm going to do this for this long. Yeah. And now I can commit to that because I see an end in sight. Yeah. The older generation cool. would just be like, boy, just do it. Hmm. <laughs> Indefinitely. Indefinitely. Yeah. It's just what we do. Praise the Lord. Yeah. We, we just go. We're going to go to church. We're going to go to church. Praise the Lord. What time we get out of church don't matter. Let's go praise the Lord. That's what we're going to praise the Lord. All that matters is the Lord moving. We're going to stay in the room till the Lord start moving. Like yeah. Jaylen. You know, but how Man. many, how many churches, check this out. How many churches are busting at the seams because they have an hour and a half service? Or predictable mm. hour and twenty minute service, yeah. and we are blown away by older church leaders. Older church leaders are scratching their heads, saying, "What in the world are they doing to get those people in there?" They have a predictable end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's people, good. They know that when they come to church, they're going to be there for an hour and twenty, hour and thirty minutes. That means I can schedule my day, hmm. and yeah. I can get other stuff done and accomplished in that wow. day. Wow, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, millennials really value their time. They yeah. value where they're going to spend their time. Mm-hmm. So we must give them something to shoot at and an end and an end date that shows them when this is going to be over. Yeah, and then maybe yeah. even celebrate the ending as well with some great crescendo of maybe a, a certificate that shows that they graduated the four classes. Yeah. Uh, short term, short term um, commitments add up to a lot a long, of a, a lot of yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah. long term that is so, very helpful so creating yeah. short term goals for everything that we're doing with millennials will help us a whole bunch because if they can see short term goals listen if you keep eating a bite of that burger you're going to eat the whole thing yeah mm. but nobody can eat a burger in one bite that's Keep good. Going. Keep going. Nobody can eat. Nobody can eat a burger in one bite. But uh, but if you eat one bite at a time, it's, man, I'm, that was a great bite. Let me just bite another bite because that was good. You know, yeah. It, you're gonna be finished with the burger soon. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the goal is to get them to bite another bite. Hmm. Wow. So we got to give it wow. to them in bite-sized pieces. Because I can't. I cannot conceptualize forever. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Or there's no there's no date in mind of when this is gonna be wow. over. Like hmm. my goodness. Think about it. The most exciting time of the year is when you're going into the new year. Yeah. Because you're about to go into something new. Yeah. yeah. We love something new. We love something fresh like that. Something's, refresh something's ending. Just, yeah. Something is ending and something is starting. Mm-hmm. That's a great feeling for most millennials. Yeah. They, they, they live for that moment of, oh, wow, I'm starting the business. I'm, you, you never hear anybody <laughs> celebrating. I've been doing this for six years. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. The excitement is in the beginning, yeah. yeah, and the excitement is in the end when we graduate, yeah. You wow. see what I'm saying? 
It's about the commencement and it's about the start. Yeah. And if we have those two elements and we give it to them as much as possible within our church space, then they have an opportunity to really stay connected because yeah. it's given them goals to shoot for yeah. wow. and bite-sized pieces. You're talking our language because we, we we have racked our brains around yeah. <laughs> uh, seasonal small groups. Yeah. That's instead so smart. Of, instead, instead of small groups that just last you know, forever – you know, and it's actually something Sam Perkins came up with. One mm. of our one of our leaders mm-hmm. who's about to get married. You know, Sam was saying he's a counselor, mm. and a therapist, and he was saying that just cognitively, that people have to feel like there's an end. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, for the next eight weeks, we're talking about X, and when the eight weeks is over, mm-hmm. I can pat myself on the back, yeah, right, and celebrate the fact, sense of accomplishment, that I accomplished something, and mm-hmm. that wasn't just millennials. Wow. Yeah. When he and I were having that conversation. That's just people. Yeah. I think that for older generations, I think that I and, and this, I think, can is encouraging for us. We're all millennials in the room. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's not that they did not want to leave wherever, mm-hmm. leave the city that they were in or leave the church that they may have been in. I think that they just could not leave. Right. Like we have acts. We have access to the world in a way that I think older generations just did not have. For sure. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it's your parents have lived in the same town your whole life, Entire right? Life. My Their mother, entire life. My mother tried to move. She tried to relocate and couldn't take it, right? So there's mm. a certain level of we I think we got introduced to the idea of transition as a real option earlier. Mm-hmm. So there's always there's always an exit door, right? There's always That's an right. escape. It's not that boomers didn't want an escape option. Not as much <laughs> exposure. It's just that not exposed. Sure. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that it 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 means that there's not it's not like there's an issue internally. It's that there's there's more options on the menu. Hmm. Yeah. And I'll say this too. This is another facet that that we might want to consider. Um I think millennials spend a lot of time looking out of windows when they should be looking in the mirror. Okay. Okay. I talked about that last night yeah. too. I think we look at everybody else around us and we judge ourselves where we are in life based on what we see, what everybody else around us has. Yeah. Wow. So we have a lack of contentment Wow. with where we are and what we have and the pace that we're moving at. Yeah. So now I feel like, the building's on fire and I got to get out because Mm. I'm comparing myself to other people because I spend so much time looking out the window Yeah, and I'm watching the world move at a pace that I think they're moving at. Yeah. But a lot of it is just Photoshopped. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is just me posting my pretty and not ever posting my ugly. Yeah. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and we're jumping out of windows. Yeah. You know, um, terrified thinking that we're not moving in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Over you're right. something that's not even real that we're looking at. Yeah. A lot of the times. Yeah. Um, so this comparison devil has really hit us hard. Yeah. As a millennial generation. Yeah. This come this, this. So, so when you, so when you compare the, the next thing is always compete. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible to compare without competing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. And so if you compare and compete, you usually will suffer defeat. Yeah. Mm. So now when you compare and you compete, 
Now you're defeated in your mindset about yourself. Yeah. So you're constantly grasping for something to make you feel good about where you are in life. Yeah. Outside wow. of you. Yeah. So millennials spend a lot of time. So Ooh, millennials <laughs> I'm going to preach it. This is a, you're giving me sermon content. I just want to let you know. That when I preach this, I will not give you credit. Amen. I'm giving you credit here on the Bar Podcast. <laughs> they heard it on the Bar first. Don't you worry. <laughs> this is good. Please so, go so ahead. It is. It is. Uh, we have to be professional encouragers if wow. we're going to lead. If we're going to lead millennials, because wow. the sharpest, most coolest, most most uh, affluent most influential millennial that you're looking at right now that has everything that you think would lead to success as a young adult, they don't see it as success wow. because they're constantly comparing wow. themselves to something that's a step higher. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at everybody else that's got slightly more than me. Yeah. And it makes me discontent with staying where I am. So wow. I've got to change. I've got to wow. move. Wow. I've got to do something to yeah. figure out yeah. how I can continue to move up the ladder. Yeah, yeah. So it's making us very shallow as a generation. Yeah. So therefore, the word content, the root, the the rooted things that exactly. our fathers exactly. had, and the things that they passed on to us from staying somewhere and allowing themselves to go through the discomfort of wow. not feeling good some days, but some yeah. days you feel great about it. If you get a millennial feeling bad one day. The window that they're looking out of is telling them that there are options hmm. and I'm going to figure out one of these options and get out of wow. here and go. Wow. So so there is a lot <laughs> of things we got. to. <laughs> it's a huge mindset shift when it comes to pastoring millennials or leading millennials because you got to understand the way they think. So when we understand the way that they think then it helps us to be able to bring this gospel across to them. We have a bridge now of understanding yeah. to bring it across yeah. to them on. So now we, now we're preaching stuff on purpose. Yeah. Mm. Now we're preaching stuff on, yeah. On, 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 on David staying in the field. Yeah. And, and even though he was anointed, he, he went out to the field still. Yeah. That he didn't come into his kingship until 15 years after he was anointed. Wow. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, he served his butt off. He stayed with the sheep until his daddy told him that they, he couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. You see, he served someone else's anointing even though he was anointed. Yeah. Mm. You see, so we're preaching things like this to combat this feeling of inadequacy. Yeah. 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 Whew. That's really and huge. Even, <laughs> even Paul, who says, I've learned the secret of being content on. in all things, right? There yes. are there I could compare myself to Peter or James or John or all these dudes who mm -hmm. follow Jesus, who have literally, right, mm -hmm. mega ministries going on, and I'm just I'm just this dude with a bad reputation. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. killing people, but man, I've learned to not what? Compare. That's I've right. learned to not compare myself to, you know, all these Apollos and everybody else. And I've learned to be content. And I, man, I, that's I, good. I, I feel like I'm speaking to a leader right now that's listening to me that's actually struggling with this that we're talking about. Yeah. That this has actually turned from a moment of information to a moment of impartation revelation. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I feel like somebody that's listening to the bar right now, I can see you in my spirit. 
I see you struggling Come with on. being able to identify who God called you to be. Yeah. I see you struggling to be able to walk in your calling on the level that God called you to walk Come into on. it because you've been constantly comparing and competing and looking at everybody else instead of looking into the mirror. I want to challenge you to yeah. take some time to look into the mirror. The mirror is the Bible. It's the word of God. It's spending quality time in prayer and putting yeah. your devices down, finding quality moments where you can spend time with Jesus uninterrupted yeah. so that he can affirm you on the inside because you'll never have enough affirmation on the outside wow. for what God placed on the inside. Wow. See, God placed mm -hmm. the dream inside of Joseph that no matter whether, even if they stripped the jacket that represented what he was going going to be off wow. it didn't matter because the dream was on Come the inside on. they Come could on. take what was on the outside but they could never rob him of what was on the inside i want to challenge you to believe what god has placed on the inside of you god yeah. has put some things on the inside of you that cannot be competed with it that cannot be computed wow. it cannot be it can't be it can't be taken away and it can't be added to you are who God called you to be. And, and until you understand that, until you rest in that, you won't be effective at reaching other people because you have to be content with who you are as yeah. an individual. So I, I, I want to speak that into somebody's life right now. Cause I just can, I can feel you in my spirit. I can feel you in my spirit right now, just kind of toiling and, and thinking about what we're talking about right now. Stop looking out of windows. Some of you just need to do a social media fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Social right. media fast. Hello, somebody. I did one. I was off for 30 days not too long ago. Spent the whole month of September off of, yeah. off of social media. Yeah. Because I just needed a break. Yeah. I needed a break. Yeah. It was too distracting to my life. Yeah. Too much notification action. Yeah. happening in my life dings all the time in my life i deleted the apps off my phone they yeah. weren't on my phone couldn't get to them didn't know what was going on out there and i felt great because because I, I spent that time with the lord yeah i spent the time that i was spent on social media planning and strategizing we'd be we'd be surprised how much time we waste looking out of the windows when we could be looking in the mirror and figuring out what the vision and what God would have for us next. You know, a lot of the times the millennials won't follow us because we're not actually focused ourselves. Yeah. And millennials are so discerning. They can see when you're focused. Wow. They can see wow. when you're really serious about your calling and you're really serious about what you're doing. So you can't pull the wool over the eyes of a millennial. Millennials wow. can see you. They see what you're doing. They watch you on social media and they can tell if you're insecure. They can tell if you're really sure about yourself. They really can. Yeah. So you got to work really hard at making sure that that's, that's right. Mm. Pastor Ontario Amen <laughs> Now I don't want you to drop this literal mic But you you just Man you laid it down You laid it down For anyone who's listening to this podcast I mean number one I can feel the presence of God Right here where we are yeah. and, and dude I think you, you literally just ministered life To someone to, to, to multiple people who are listening Amen And, and thank you Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, number one, I, you added value. The best thing about the podcast is this This always just blesses me. It adds value to me. And everyone else just gets to eavesdrop on, on, the, on the conversation that we're having. And, um, dude, I was just telling the school of ministry students this week, and this is a spin on what you were saying. And I said, if you're comparing yourself, mm. then you can't even compete. Hmm. 
Wow. Because I was with the Hillside football team, and I asked them a trick question, right? They had a game. They have a game this coming Friday. And I said, who are you, who are you guys playing against this, this week? And they went, hey, Orange County. And I said, oh, okay, okay. That doesn't sound right. Who are you competing against? And they're like, just a bunch of football players, right? Just say it louder. Mm-hmm. Orange County. And I said, you're wrong. You're competing against your last best. Mm. The real competition is yourself. That's when I get in the pulpit, I'm not competing against you. Yeah. I'm not competing against Brian Bullock. Come on. I'm competing against how well I did last time. That's right. I'm my only competition. So That's it's right. the mirror. That's right. It's I've got to look at myself in the mirror and go, this dude is the only dude who can stop me. Mm-hmm. Wow. The dude in the mirror is the only person who can keep me back or so I was I was challenging them and saying if you are comparing yourself, you're yeah. now competing against the wrong person. That's right. Because now we're all pastors, and you see me as your competition. Oh, my goodness. I'm not Don't your competition. You the enemy's your competition mm-hmm. and yourself. That's right. <laughs> you need to get yourself out of the way. That's right. And, man, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Just compare windows, windows, windows instead of mirrors. My God. Just how we feel about ourselves and mm. how, how we feel about ourselves matters in the decisions that we make that's whoo yeah yeah incredible i want to say to those of you guys who are listening i want you to leave this this podcast um encouraged i want you to know that you can do this yeah you really can this there's a generation that's waiting on you to take a step forward into your destiny into your calling that's so good um you can do this You, you you're you're greater than you think you are yeah you're better than you know that you are um you're gooder than you can see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did speak incorrect English, but I just wanted to say it to you. You're you're better than what yeah. you than what you know, and and I'm praying that God would give you the spiritual self esteem yeah. to step out and be what He called you to be without comparing, without competing, but really looking on the inside and seeing what God has given you in your toolbox. Yeah. So that you can be what God called you to be. There is something God placed inside of you that makes you unique. That makes you an, an amazing person. Yeah. And I'm praying that you would identify what that is so that as you're reaching for millennials, that they can get that special part of you. Yeah. Amen. Well, that's the episode. That is the episode. Jay, that's a lot. Give us an outro. Hey, perfect. Thank you guys for listening to the Bar just Podcast. Let so <laughs> okay. We, okay. <laughs> a little okay. encouragement for you. The little encouragement. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank well, y'all for having me. It was, it was, this was awesome. Yeah, This absolutely. was awesome. I, I so enjoy it. This is my second time. I'm family now, so y'all going to hear me on here eventually again at some other time. Love you guys. Continue to listen to the bar and take your ministry to the next level. Manny Arango is the man for the hour. He is, he is incredible. If you haven't had Manny at your church to speak, you need to try your best to book him if you can because his calendar is packed. Praise God because he has a word for this generation. He's a great that. man of God. I love him and his wife dearly, and I co-sign on them double time. God bless you guys. Hey, let's put Pastor Ontario's website and the platoon program in the show notes. For yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely. Do we'll do that. I don't even need to do another outro. I, I can't even top that. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> subscribe, rate, and share. See you next week. See you guys. Peace.